This morning, it falls to me to do the last in this series of Living Free. And um, I knew I was going to be doing something about it, but it made me smile when I saw the title I've been given, which is The Good Life. This morning, I'm to speak on The Good Life. And I have to say, when I find this out, I was really, really happy because I believe in the good life. I believe in living a good life. In fact, it's something I have tried to live my life by. I want to suck the juice out of the orange of life. I want to have adventures. My heart's desire is to lay on my deathbed, not for a long time, but to lay on my deathbed with as few regrets as possible, to live life to the full. The, I heard a little saying recently, which doesn't quite hold water for me, but it's this, listen to it, and I think you will get the gist of it, that the end of life should like, be like the end of a big dipper ride where we are shouting, "Wee! that was fantastic, can I go round again? Now, it falls down for me because, first of all, I don't like big dipper rides, but you get the meaning, don't you? But, of course, we can't go round again. The Bible says that we have this earthly life once and then eternity. So, you know, it's up to you and me to make the most of this life that God has given us. And this morning, I want to speak to you who are Christians already. You've made a commitment to Jesus. But I also want to speak to those who may not yet have made that commitment in giving their everything to Jesus. And I believe in the good life especially since I have been a Christian since I was 14 years old. So, and I believe that the God I serve and love and worship all these years, this is what he says. I, am co- I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10 verse 10. Jesus came, not that we might just have life, but in the old versions it says, and I like this, abundant life. And if we're not living in abundant life, we're not living as Jesus intended. This is my declaration. And it's strange that Jared mentioned these Christians who have died, because I want to say that apparently on our earth today, Christians are the most persecuted faith in our world right now. That's something, isn't it? And you know, I want to make a declaration and I believe that as Christians, we should be making this declaration. And that declaration is, and I am proud to say it, I am a Christian and I have a good life. Let me enlarge it. I am a Christian, and because of what Jesus has done, I have a good life. You know, contrary to what much of the world believes, Jesus came to give us freedom. He didn't come to limit our lives, but to bring us into a place of freedom. And first of all, let's consider what is freedom. Now, as I considered this, I found it a strange thing. Because as you try to grasp it, it slips through your fingers. Because if you think what freedom really is, it's different things to different people at different times in our lives. But first of all, let me start with what the dictionary says freedom is. It says not in bondage. 
I'm for that, aren't you? At liberty, clear of obstructions, available, spontaneous, lavish, unreserved, not charged for. And you know, I love some of those definitions. And you know, there is physical freedom. Are you with me? And that's not just talking about not being in prison and not being in chains. Who, can know, who knows that when we are sick, often we're not physically free. But even more important to me is mental and emotional freedom. And then finally, spiritual freedom, which I believe only Jesus can give us. And you know, we can be bound out in the middle of the countryside with no one troubling us. Why? Because up here we are bound. Mentally and emotionally we may be bound. Spiritually we may be bound. And yet, in prison, you can be free. Do you see where I'm coming from? We, we have a missionary, many of you know him, David Taylor. And after, shall we say kindly, a colorful life, he, he ended up in prison in West Yorkshire. And there in prison, a chaplain gave him a Bible and he began to look into the things of God. And one night, bound physically, in bondage physically, in prison, the door locked, God came into his prison cell and he awoke to this presence and he gave his heart and his life to Jesus right there. And he knew mental, emotional, and spiritual freedom while, while physically he was in bondage. Are you with me? The next day they didn't say to him, David, we think you'll live a good life now. We're letting you out of prison. He had to stay in that prison. I can't remember how long for, but God continued to work in his life, called him to work amongst poor children in South America. And he's there to this day, many years later, feeding, clothing, educating as many as, I think it's something like 1,800 children. Where did he find his freedom? In a prison cell. God gave him his spiritual, his mental and emotional freedom. So can you see what I'm saying when I say freedom is a strange thing to grasp? While I was thinking about this word, I was watching Room 101 and I, and I think they were actually talking about dancing. But one of the guests, I wasn't thinking about the word I'm watching. You don't think that, do you? During the course, I happened to watch a Room 101. And one of the guests said, true, true freedom is dancing like no one is watching you. And that made me chuckle. Because as people who were at the birthday party about 10 days ago know, I'm not a dancer. And you know, if you're not a dancer, you can't move if people are watching you. It's embarrassing and uncomfortable. But more than that, Frank Skinner, who compares, who hosts this program, came out with another saying. The guest said, true freedom is dancing like no one is watching you. And he came up with... I'm a Catholic, someone is always watching you. <laughs> and you know, I loved that. I loved it because he spoke out for his faith. Yeah. He, he, he said, I'm a, I'm a believer. But do you know why it made me chuckle? Is because I find my freedom in this, that God is always yeah. watching me. 
that there is always some there, someone there with his eye on me. And that gives me freedom. You know, there is, I don't know if you've seen the Age UK advert, the new one. There's a massive white placard and there at one side is a little tiny grey-haired old lady on a little wooden chair. And the few words that are on there say this, no one, no one should have no one. And you know, it's an indictment on our society that they even have to put that placard up. But it spoke to me because, you know, when you have Jesus in your life, you always have someone. You are never alone. I think it says in Psalms that if I go to the depths of the sea, you are there. Nowhere can we go from God's presence. And, you know, that is, for me, my freedom. And, you know, God isn't watching us with a sense of monitoring or condemning or, or, or watching to punish us. He's there protecting us, helping us, supporting us and encouraging us. So freedom is a strange thing. Can you see that? But knowing that God is always with us is a part of a Christian's freedom. And this morning, I want for we Christians, and that includes me, because I, some, I think sometimes in the busyness of life, we don't examine what's going on in our hearts. Are you with me? And I want to appeal to us this morning, and I, I hope this happens in the course of this message, that we raise our expectations yeah. of freedom. Even we Christians need to raise our expectations of what God wants for our lives. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. It says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, you know, if we have asked Jesus into our lives, he comes to dwell in us by his Holy Spirit. So if the spirit of, of the Lord is within me, what should I have? I should have freedom. Freedom should be mine. Why? Because the spirit of the Lord lives within me and within you. Romans 8, 21 uh, makes it even clearer. And it talks of the glorious freedom of the children of God. Jesus doesn't want you and me just to be free. He doesn't just want us to have life. He wants us to have abundant life and glorious freedom. And you know, if we're not living like this, this morning, I want us to say, do you know what? I want to raise my expectations. And you know, I want to live in a way that first of all, the youngsters, you know, obviously I'm an older woman and I want to live in a way that the youngsters in the church see me and I don't want them to say, look at that crusty old lady. I want them to think, and this has happened to me twice and I have felt so honoured that they, they look at me and my life and think, when I get older, that's a bit painful by the way, <laughs> I want to be like Marion. And you know, more than that, I want to live in a way, and I believe we need to live in a way, Christians, that the world looks at you and me and says, wow, I want that freedom. I want that good life. When I was a young woman, when I first became a Christian, and it's carried on right through my life, somehow it has set my heart on fire to realize we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent him and his kingdom. 
And do we represent a kingdom that makes it look as if we've been baptized in vinegar? Or do we represent a kingdom of freedom, of life, and of full life? Are we living like that? Or are we failing to appropriate everything that Jesus provided for us when he died on the cross in our place? He died that we might know freedom. And I have to say, you know, thank God, part of our freedom is that we have eternity with Jesus. You know, I may live 70, 80, 90, perhaps even 100 years, but then I have an eternity with him. That's part of my freedom. But my freedom isn't just in the sky, in the great by and by. My freedom is for today. And in fact, many of the things that Jesus died to provide me with, I won't want them in the future. I won't need them. Forgiveness from sin. I won't need that in the future. Today, I am forgiven. The shame and the guilt that sin brings with it, it's dealt with. I am free of shame and guilt. Healing from sickness. The Bible says there will be no sickness in heaven. That is for today. Appropriate it today. Take it today. Material provision. Freedom from fears, worries, anxieties, they are for today. You know, one of my fears, and give me a little bit of speaker's license here, because this isn't actually in the Bible. I, I, my fear is I will get to heaven and the angel Gabriel will take me to a massive cupboard and it says Marion Cooper on the door. And he opens the cupboard door and says to me, Marion, all this was set aside for you, but you never took it. You led an impoverished, miserable, boring, sick life when all this was, God forbid, that, you know, forgiveness, healing, adventure. I believe God wants us to have adventures. I'm going on to talk about this in a minute. Joy. You know, listen, lead an exciting life. You know, life can seem very long, but very boring otherwise. Peace, freedom. My desire is this morning that we raise our expectations to know what Jesus, uh, what freedom Jesus attained for us. In the Old Testament, which is the Jewish Bible, I see that it's a book all about freedom. And right in the beginning, when God made Adam and Eve, right at the beginning, when the earth was in confusion and God then created the earth as we know it, he made Adam and Eve free. So free, they were free of shame, free of embarrassment. They wore no clothes. They were that free. The Bible tells us that they were free of toil. They didn't have to work. The ground yielded fruit and vegetables. There were no weeds, no thistles, no thorns. They lived freely. More than that, it says that they walked and talked with God in the cool of the evening. But you know what? All that freedom, they allowed Satan to bind them. And they lost all the freedom that God had intended for them. And the rest of the Old Testament is taken up by God seeking to bring them back to himself 
and give them freedom. You know, one of the greatest and longest stories in the Bible is when God brings the Jewish nation out of slavery in Egypt and takes them into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And what I want you to notice about this is this. God didn't just bring the children of Israel out of slavery. He took them into freedom. And he doesn't just release you and me from sin and the power of sin and give us eternal life. He wants to bring us into freedom, not just out of slavery, but into freedom. Let me just do a little footnote here. You know, sometimes when I read the Old Testament and I read about the children of Israel, I can be quite annoyed with them. You know, they're, they're a faithless lot. They're a disobedient lot. But then I have to look into my own heart and know that it's just human nature. You know, God brought them out of Egypt into freedom. But as they walk through the desert towards the promised land, and that took longer than it need because of their disobedience. Do you know if things got tough? Do you know what they said? Take us back to Egypt. Take us back to slavery. We miss the garlic and the onions and the cucumbers. And you know, it can irritate me about them. But until I realize, come on, aren't we just like that? We can be comfortable in our bondage. We can hide behind our sicknesses, our shyness, our timidity, all the things that bind us. We can hide behind them. But do you know, that's the Old Testament. I believe the Old Testament, I, as I look at the stories, and obviously I don't have time to do them all, but I see a story of freedom, a God who wants his people free. But then as you enter the New Testament and the Son of God, Jesus, comes on the scene, the message of freedom massively escalates. Let me tell you what Jesus says about his own ministry. It's found in Luke 4, 18 and 19. And he says this of himself, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Are you poor? He wants to give you freedom. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Are you in prison? Now you know there are more prisons than just behind bars. We are in a prison in our hearts, in our minds, in our situations. What does God, Jesus say he came to do? To proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Recovery of sight for the blind. Not just those physically blind, but spiritually blind as well. To release the oppressed. Can you see? Freedom, freedom, freedom. Are you oppressed? Jesus came to bring you freedom. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour massively Jesus came to bring us freedom. Can you see that from what I am saying? You know, and as we look through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John at the stories of Jesus, all of his stories are freedom, 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 freedom. And I just mentioned one or two. You know, many of the miracles that Jesus did to, to free people are massive. They're life-changing. He takes people from death to life. He takes people from utterly helpless situations to freedom in him. But the first one I want to mention, and it makes me chuckle because it shows me who our God is. You know, 
They are at a wedding, Jesus, his disciples and his mum, and horror of horrors, they run out of wine. And after a little bit of persuasion from his mum, thank God for mums, Jesus turns water into wine. And we're not talking about the £3.50 in Asda stuff. We are talking about good stuff. And do you know why that makes me laugh? Because not only is Jesus concerned about massive major things, he's concerned about the minor things in our life. He saved that family. He saved their reputation that they weren't being hospitable. He saved their reputation. He saved them from embarrassment. And you know, Jesus is concerned about every area of our lives, not the massive things, not the life and death issues. Yes, he does that, but he does so much more. Another one, I talked about sickness, healing from blindness, deafness, paralysis, you name it, he heals them. But there was another story that again tickled me. Because there was a small man, we're a small family, so I have sympathy with small men. No, you have to speak the truth, love. You, you. We are a small family. And there was a little man, a small man called Zacchaeus. Now listen, Zacchaeus was a tow rag. You know what that means, don't you? He was a bit of a no good. He was a tax collector. None of us would have liked him. If he'd have sat there, we'd have been, had a big circle around him. Because not only did he collect taxes, which is correct to do, but he swindled the people. He took the money for himself. And you know, you need to think about this. There was a lot of poverty in those days. He was hurting poor people. He was hurting people that worked hard. But did Jesus exclude him? No, he didn't. Zacchaeus got up in a tree to try and see Jesus better. And Jesus told him, come down, I'm coming to your house. And Jesus ministered into his life. Do you know what Zacchaeus did? He gave back everything he'd taken wrongly and then gave a bundle of money to the poor. Do you know what that shows me? You know, you may have done some bad things. You may have been a tow rag. You may have, have, you know, broken some rules and hurt people. But do you know what? Jesus is into freedom. And he doesn't wash his hands of you. His desire is that you will come to him, put things right, and live a life that glorifies him, a life of freedom. You know, while I was preparing this message, I came across a phrase in the Bible. And it isn't particularly big at all, but I felt that it summed up the ministry of Jesus. Let me read it to you. It's in Luke 19, 30. And it's when they were just going to ride into Jerusalem. And Jesus says to his disciples, go into the next village. And these are his words. You will find a colt tied there. Loose it and bring it to me. I need it. Can you see where I'm going with this? He told the disciples, go and make that colt free. Bring it to me. I'm going to use it. And I feel that this is what Jesus does in his ministry. He makes us free, brings us to himself, then blesses us, uses us, gives us adventures with him and breaks the power of whatever was upon us. Are you with me? Loose it. Bringing to me, 
I want to use him. And that's what God wants to do with you and me. Make us free so he can use us. Freedom from, I'm going to read some of these because I feel some of them were, were what God laid on my heart. Freedom from fears and phobias. Worries and anxieties. That's my weak area. Sickness. Loneliness. Weakness. Unforgiveness. Wrong attitudes. Addictions. Stress. Self-pity. Covetousness and materialism. You know, if we get into the I want thought pattern, it binds us, doesn't it? Jesus came to release us from all these things, bring us to himself and use us. And so Christians this morning, let me find that scripture I read. <clears throat> Wouldn't you know I'd lose it? It must be here. Where the spirit of the Lord is, yeah. there is freedom. The glorious freedom of the children of God. Let us raise our expectations of what Jesus has in mind for us. Next, I want to say that we should remain free. You know, um, I want you to remember while I tell you this story that life is a journey. Are you with me? Last year, I was 70 and we had our 50th wedding anniversary. And when these O years came up, we sometimes do something special. And we went to, uh, we decided we would go to Western Canada and tour around, have a look at Western Canada. And we went, we flew over to Vancouver and that was absolutely fine. Stayed a couple of nights in a hotel, then went back to the airport to pick up a car that we had booked. And we went to the Avis desk, we handed over our paperwork, and we waited expectantly for our car. Now, I need to tell you that we had booked a small car because we don't like paying too much petrol. But the woman at the desk, she turned to us and she said, we have booked you a Fiat 500. So now you may think, yes, some of already chuckling. You may think David and I are very sad, but we love cute cars. So we looked at each other and went, ooh, Lovely, thank you. Then she put her head down and looked, and then she looked at us and she went, I need to tell you that that car is not fit for purpose. <laughs> so talk about taking the joy and the excitement out of the moment. So we looked at each other. Unfortunately, we think very much on the same lines. So we said, that's all right. We'll take the Fiat 500. And then she looked at the paperwork and she said, well, if you insist on going against my advice, you at least need to up your insurance. So David and I were pretty certain we'd paid full insurance in the UK. So after she told us about the wilderness of Canada and the roads and how bad they were and all this stuff, and we still said, no, thank you, we're not upping our insurance. She pushed a piece of paper in front of us and said, then please sign to say that you have refused my advice. How intimidating is that? There we are. We sign. We have refused the insurance. And then she said, well, at least you need to get roadside assistance. Now, do you know what I mean when I, said, when I say, I don't care what she'd have offered us. We didn't want it. So we just said, give us the paper. We'll sign. We don't want roadside assistance. You know, just at the next desk was a young couple. And they went off and they waited for us. And we, they said to us, 
We are so glad you turned all that down. You don't know how much money Avis have had out of us over the years, pressurizing us in that way, intimidating us in that way. But what made us, that was very kind of them. But what made us laugh was this. They then climbed into a massive four by four uh, as, as me and David climbed into our little Fiat 500, which would barely take my suitcase, let alone David's suitcase. You know, in life, the, remember what I said, life is a journey. And you know, sometimes we will have a split second or a few minutes to decide, will we go for it? Or will we let someone rob us of our joy, our excitement, our freedom? And you know, we went for it. We decided we would go for it with the Fiat 500. Um, can I have my pictures up, please, Lucy? <laughs> You know, I have to tell you, the absolute joy of our journey. We drove for three and a half thousand kilometers through Western Canada. There were times when there were signs saying no petrol for a hundred kilometers. How scary is that for someone from the UK? We don't, you know, a hundred, what, there's a village every 10 miles, isn't there? We drove through snow and ice and wilderness and remoteness. We saw wildlife, and when we didn't see wildlife, we saw, we saw the warnings to say puma have been seen in this area, if you see them, or grizzlies have been seen in this area. Um, we had a fantastic trip. Freedom, excitement, it was a trip of a lifetime. We drove on one road that is so remote, it's called Highway 99. There is a sticker that you can put on your car to say, I drove Highway 99. Do you know, the Fiat 500 didn't let us down. And you know why we were able to drive around Canada in that way? Do you remember what Frank Skinner said? I am a Christian. Someone is always watching me. And you know, I don't want to encourage you to be reckless, but you know, there will always be people in life telling you, you can't do it. Are you with me? We drove around Canada, quoting Psalm 91 over ourselves. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Hebrews 13 verse 6, Oh God, you have said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Life is a journey. And you know, you can play it safe or you can have adventures and experiences in God and have stories to tell. I am something of an armchair traveler. But do you know when I watch programs about travel on the TV or I read the books, it spurs me on yeah. to travel. And you know, it's all right to be an armchair Christian. It's all right to watch God Channel and read Christian books. But do you know what? Don't let that, don't let that be what it stops at. Let it spur you on to adventures in God. For 10 years, our family were missionaries in Gibraltar. Do you know I spent my girlhood reading missionary books? And you know, I would tell myself, that God is my God. And you know, as we hear these men and women of God, let it stir our hearts. I want stories. I don't just want to listen to their stories. I want my stories. Yeah. 
You know, at the mission weekend uh, that we had a couple of weeks ago, someone came to me and said, I'm going to get my passport renewed. I read between the lines and I read that that meant I'm ready for adventures with Jesus. People will always tell you in life, you're too old, you're not fit for purpose, it's too risky, you'll hurt yourself, you'll embarrass yourself, you're underinsured. You know, we have a split second to decide, I'm going to go for it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God will never leave me or forsake me and not let anybody rob us of our freedom. Nehemiah, when he was going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, sent by God, what did he know? Distraction, intimidation, ridicule and threats. We have a choice. Don't let anyone bind us. Galatians 5 says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be, <laughs> sorry, do not let yourself be burdened by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set you and me free. Let no one bind you. And you know, if we let him, Satan will bind us. He doesn't come with a great chain. He comes with a silk thread. And we ignore it. We think it's minor. But then he puts another silk thread. And then another silk thread. Until we are bound. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Be alert. The devil prowls around looking for someone to devour. I want to change it slightly. And I believe it still brings the spirit of the word. Be alert. The devil prowls around looking for someone to bind. And you know, we need to be on guard. We need to keep checking, am I free? And this is what I'm asking you today. Check, am I as free as God intended me to be? Am I appropriating? Am I receiving everything that God had in mind for, for me? Staying free takes effort. It takes wisdom and it takes alertness. I want to encourage you to live with a pair of scissors in your hand so that every little fear, every little phobia, every little uh, wrong thought, we snip it. Why? So that we can stay free, so that we can have the adventures and the excitement that God meant us to have. Now, I've spoken a lot to Christians this morning you know that we raise our expectations and that we remain free and that we don't listen to people who try to put us down. You know, even on Tuesday in a Bible study, um, we were talking about attitudes and someone said, someone asked the question, what do I do when I'm in a ministry and someone is always trying to intimidate me, always trying to put me down and discourage me? What do you do? You refuse it in Jesus' name. Be alert. You know, there is always someone wanting to take away your joy and your excitement. But I just want to give the last few minutes to those who might not yet have started on the road to freedom. You've not taken that first step, which is to give your life to Jesus. And I want to give you the chance now in these next few minutes to decide, do I want to take that first step to freedom, the freedom that Jesus made for me now first of all I need to say this it is a free choice 
You know, Jesus thinks so highly of freedom that He doesn't make us come to Him. He doesn't force us. He doesn't coerce us. He doesn't, you know, He, he could make, but He doesn't. He wants it to be our free choice. That's the first thing I want to say. Secondly, I want to give you some scriptures. John 8, 30 says, 36 says this. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That means very free. And the Son is Jesus. So if Jesus sets you free, you will be free indeed. Physical, mental, emotional and spiritual freedom. John 8, 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Knowing the truth sets you free. But let me put it with the next one. And this is Jesus speaking. John 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when we come to Jesus and know that truth, we are set free. In a minute, I'm going to hand over to Jared. And we're going to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Do you know, I know it's, it sounds simple, but that's all it takes to say, yes, I want Jesus in my life. Yes, I want my sins forgiven. Yes, I want eternal life. But yes, I also want the freedom, the blessing, the abundant life in this life that Jesus has provided for me. Amen. Thank you, Jared. I'm going to hand over to you.